you find yourself often planted in, in situations like a job place where you live and to me it's like no matter where you are no matter where you're planted to always flourish and be present in the current moment and be grateful you have to water yourself take care of yourself your mind your body your soul that's always been my life motto I just want to say thank you for joining us this summer as we featured a few of the artists that joined us here in Columbus for Mural Fest. Wrap up this series in the next two weeks. This week is OG Millie. And the following week, we round out the series with our panel discussion, featured all four artists during Mural Fest. I really hope you are hearing each of their stories and leaving each episode feeling a little more inspired. This week, we have OG Millie, who is a muralist, an artist, and you can find her work now here at Gravity, but also throughout all of New York City. Millie's art stands out for its uniqueness, and it's characterized by colorful portraits of iconic figures. She views the OG of her name coming from her ability to blend old school and the new school, and was able to sit down with her during Mural Fest and learn about Millie's inspiring journey. She's really somebody I think to look out for in the art world and has a great story. So enjoy. Brett today is going to be talking with one of our artists, OG Millie, who did the beautiful mural that is over off of McDowell by the parking garage, the girl in teal. And she'll be talking a little bit more about that. Um, so please welcome OG Millie from New York City. Hey. Hi. You're done. I know, finally. Uh, it looks great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, now's the floral part. That's going to be fun. Yeah. So if you haven't had a chance to see, go check out OG Millie's work. It's on the north side of what used to be the Prieto building. And it's it's her work is done, but there's a whole big floral faux greenery component that'll be going in this coming week. So it's it's going to be sweet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I won't be there, so we'll send all back. the pictures. <laughs> you got to come back to see the finished product. So, well, thank you for taking time to do this and for coming to Columbus and sharing yourself and your work with our community at Gravity. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> and so for those of you that weren't here last night and listened to the podcast, you know, what we were really trying to do is show the full journey to the work that you're doing. I think a lot of people just look at people like yourself of all different kinds that are having success at whatever it is that they do and and don't always see the journey that leads up to that. So let's kind of back up, start at the beginning. I want you to just talk a little bit about, you know, what it was like for you as a kid you know, I know where you're from, but yeah. you know what your family was like and, and just talk about that early stage of life. Okay. Early stage. I know we spoke vaguely about this yesterday. So my first love was actually sports. I was a student athlete my whole entire life. So art was never in the picture. It was from grade school to high school to eventually college. I worked, I did travel basketball and I eventually worked my way up to get a full ride scholarship to college. So that was just my bread and butter. I did that, you know, my entire adolescent years. And then my major was science. I hated it because I'm Filipino American. So my parents were like, you have to be a doctor, you have to be a nurse, you know, so 
Yeah, I'm pretty much the black sheep of my family. It's me and my brother only. So yeah, I just ended up doing art. <laughs> Took a, you know, as a kid, I just doodled here and there, but just never really saw myself as an artist. And it was only till 2012 and 2016, I had retinal detachment in both of my eyes. So I have permanent distortion damage in my left eye. And at that time in, in college, I really wanted to do graphic design, but I figured that being in front of computers, you know, my whole entire life as a career is going to, you know, make me go blind at a faster age. So I just delved into more hands-on creativity of, of art. I did acrylic painting, watercolors. I tried so much mediums. And then it was only till 2017 that I got my first mural opportunity um, from this organization called Spread Art NYC. So yeah, from there, I just fell in love with the larger scale of works and yeah, never looked back since 2017. Yeah, nice. <laughs> let, me, let me back up and just pull on some threads from some of what you just shared. You know, you're, you were an, a student athlete, science major, you know, you described your parents and, and sort of the direction that you were pointed in. I don't know, you know, if that's a right way to describe it, maybe pushed, shoved, but, but maybe just talk a little bit about kind of what that experience was like for you as a kid and, and why sports and how much of that was influenced by your family or your friends or your surroundings at the time. Yeah. So I owe everything to sports. It's taught me invaluable lessons that I carry throughout my whole life. You know, just being around it and at such a young age, it taught me like rigid structure, time management, leadership, teamwork. So that's what I bring to like my, my art in, in a sense. Um, yeah. So just sports really like helped me structure my morality and who I am as a person. So I just owe it all to sports mm. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because you come at it from that angle, which is not something that you hear a lot of artists talking about, you know, I mean, you'll see artists that might be fans, you know, but it almost seems like maybe it's like this, you know, jock stigma or something that, you know, in, in teenage years, people kind of go one direction or another. And maybe that was, you know, my experience where it seemed like, you know, the, certain kinds of kids were, were athletic and other kids were artistic and, and, you know, you clearly have both, but you found your way from one to the other. Yeah. I'm pretty short. So like I couldn't make it to the pro to the pros. So I really wanted to be a coach as well, but just life took me in an, another direction and I've was always creative, you know, but it was only till 2017 that I got my first opportunity that I really enhanced my creativity and I really wanted to delve that into a, a career path and it's been hard it's been ups and downs like I'm still a student of my craft I'm still learning every single day even you know being around this community it's inspiring to me so yeah like for me just never stop being a student and always explore experiment with anything yeah and I'm kind of curious about that first spark in the art world, you know, being that you were so immersed in sports and, you know, had that kind of family pressure from a career standpoint, you know, when did you really get just tiny taste of, of, you know, the arts? The first mural that I did, it was a, a portrait of Alicia Keys and she reposted that. So I was like, 
gasping. I was like, my very first mural in Alicia Keys posted it. That's that's like a wow factor to me. And like, so gave me a push to like keep going, you know, and it's it's my friends and family. Like after that, that moment, um, you know, they've been very supportive of my career path. And every single year, like I've been getting so much better. So um, it's, you know, practice with anything, th- sports, practice makes perfect, you know, so not really perfect, but, you know, nothing's perfect. <laughs> but the more you do it, the more you get used to, to, you know, do, uh, enhancing or your craft. Yeah. 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 I was talking about this earlier with Pref when, when I interviewed him on the podcast and we were just talking about the importance of feedback sometimes validation. I mean, when you get that post from Alicia Keys, it does actually really give you some strength, you know, some courage, some, some validation that says like, Hey, maybe I'm good at this. Somebody's noticing it, but it's a fine line, right? Where you have to be careful that you're not doing it for others too. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you, how do you walk that line? So, I mean, the validation is great, but at the end of the day, it's like, for me as an artist, it's, I don't know. I just enjoyed doing it, even if that was a free wall, right? Like, so that that was my first take on a, on a mural. I was like, oh, it's free, you know. Like, I love doing community projects, giving back to my community. So that's how I find the balance of, you know, making a living from it and also giving back to my community. So like, I I tread both lines very, you know, equally, and it's 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 been great. I know you studied graphic arts. Yeah. A lot of people seem a lot of artists that I know seem to end up becoming yeah. graphic designers. Mm-hmm. There seems to be this, this pull towards, and maybe it's changing for the better now, but like, well, I got to pay my rent, need to make a career. This is the closest thing I can do to being artistic and having professional career. You know, you mentioned being able to be paid for, for your craft. You know, how did you not fall into you know, the, and it's not necessarily a a trap, but it sounds like for you, you found your, your highest, you know, outlet as an artist, not in graphic design. Yeah. So, I mean, my background in graphic design, it gave me an idea of how to place things together. I don't know if you know about my work by love, like putting multiple images in my work to create a a big storyline, creating a journey per se. So graphic design did play a big role, especially with, you know, iPads, Procreate. That's how I do all my mock-ups. That's how I present it to clients. So yeah, graphic design still plays a big part of my life, but yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's interesting how kind of each one of these layers ultimately informs what you do next, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even the things that appear to be detours, right? You know, in your case, you spend all that time as an athlete, but you learn the work ethic, you learn the teamwork, you take things away from each one and, and let that inform what you're doing next. And, you know, that's what I, I see in your work now, all of that, you know, led you to where you are. Yeah. There's so many times I wanted to like quit because it's been ups and downs with art. Like, you know, some, some seasons it's very off, especially in the winter, like there's no, you know, a job opportunities for that. So there's so many times where I really wanted to find a part-time job, full-time job, but my true calling is like not wasting my talent and pursuing something that I'm very passionate about. So that's just what led me to pursue art full-time. It's like, I don't want to give up my talent. It's God's given talent. I, I don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. waste that. Mm-hmm. 
And you mentioned the Alicia Keys portrait. I know that you've done a lot of portraits of iconic figures. How do you decide, you know, who who you want to use for your portraits? I don't know. Like sometimes it depends on the the project or, you know, the the theme of the give like, you know, organizations have a theme and, you know, and that's how I like merging things together. I paint on vintage mirrors. So like I usually I look at the frame and I'm like, ooh, like, you know, I I, I kind of see a particular person. Like I had this vintage frame where it was a bird, it was a cage. It opened up. It was really cool. And I painted Maya Angelou and the bird, like because when you open the cage, it's like where the cage bird sings. So it's so when I look at, you know, mirrors more often, it's I just see a portrait of somebody. And it goes back to my childhood, like mirror, mirror on the wall. That's, that's been my, my, like my motto. It's like, you know, what I love to do, because when you look at mirrors, you're, you're, it's the present moment and it's also reflecting back at you. So I love that whole reflection where you're the viewer. And when you turn around, you can still see perspective and things around you. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that, how you chose mirrors, but that's really interesting. Speaking of seeing perspective, I want to go back to this retinal detachment. My wife, Katie, experienced that. We talked about it. Pretty really scary. scary. Yeah. So tell me, how old were you when, when that first happened? So the first time it happened was 2012. I was a senior in high school. You know, like I said, I was a student athlete. I was I already got my scholarship. So when that happened, that's that was the biggest scare of my life. I didn't know if I was going to play basketball anymore. I didn't know if I, if I was going to lose my scholarship. So that was a very dark turning point in my life. So once I had that surgery, it's called scleral buckle, where they kind of flatten your eyeball and then put a silicone buckle in the back. I went, it just happened all of a sudden. Like, I don't know if I, I told you, but like it was a veil, like a curtain coming down. So it was like half black on top. So I told my parents, it was Mother's Day. I told my mom, I was like, I think I'm losing my sight. And she was like, why? Like, you know, so the next day we, I immediately went to the, to see the eye doctor and they told me, sorry, I'm getting emotional. If, if I waited a week later, I would have total vision loss in my left eye. Yeah. Um, it was, it was really hard time, but since I caught it a little early, I didn't, lose it entirely, but I still have permanent distortion in my left eye. So that's, that's what ended up happening. And, you know, the recovery took about maybe three, four months. I had to wear an eye patch. I I patched to graduation. It was funny. I still have pictures of it. It was really cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, the second time was 2017 and that was after college. So I was able to still play, to stay, to still play basketball. So yeah, I was really happy about that. Yeah. It was the same eye? The second time was my right eye. So yeah, yeah. different. So I still had that same procedure. I went for an annual checkup and they were like, yeah, we have to do the surgery again because we see signs of it re-happening. So I had no other choice, you know? So I was like, okay, let's let's do it. I already know the healing process. I already know, you know, how long it's going to take. So, and going back to sports, it's just like my mentality. It's like, you know, you got to do it. You're, you have to excel over adversity. And that's just been, you know, mental toughness is everything to me. Boy, it does take some strength. I mean, I've just seen it firsthand. You know, it's, it's pretty serious and scary. And, you know, to have it happen twice. Yeah. You know, 
but, but, you know, part of the thing that I've learned over time in life is those painful moments that, that suffering, you know, can really serve you really well. And so, you know, as you've turned that corner and, you know, moved on in your life, I'm just curious, you know, from that, do you really take away that's maybe informed your work at all? Yeah. I mean, from those dark hours where I had, you know, three to four months to myself, like I found hope through art. So like, you know, for me, I tried painting um, just with one eye and to see you know, out of curiosity if I still had, you know, just still had it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So from from there, for me, it's like all muscle memory. So you, you don't forget the things you do, especially with, you know, sports too. Like when I had an eye patch, I still was able to shoot mm-hmm. the ball, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, for me, it's like the brain works wonders and it's all about like muscle memory. So that just helped me out of a dark time place in my life. Like art has been, you know, I think that's when I pursued it, prof- like really pushed it professionally. When I figured out this whole, like, I can't do computers. I have to do something more hands-on. So yeah, art has been a very big part. Yeah. It's time. interesting. Cause it might've really changed your life, you know, in a, in a beautiful way. Yeah. Right. I mean, you might've stayed in front of the computer, you might've, you know, continued on the path that you were on. And yeah, I'm sure at the time it really was, was challenging, but it yeah. ended up bringing you to what you're doing now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Talk a little bit about then your career really starts to take off when you win the governor's ball, yeah, right? Cool. The mural contest, the Clinton Hall. So talk a little bit about, you know, what that experience was like. Yeah. So GovBall, was, it was pretty much um, a voting poll for, you know, the, who of the artists you want to see to do those big pillars. I don't know if you guys know governor's ball, but it's huge, like pillars. Um, I don't know how tall, but yeah, like just winning that was, was insane. Like seeing <laughs> people really back me up and and love my artwork at the same time i think that was a really cool feeling and actually attending the festival and seeing you know the performers seeing the art as well that's that's cool yeah feeling you know we discovered a work of yours that i think you did maybe in brooklyn that had the floral aspect oh, yeah, yeah yeah right so tell me about how you kind of fell into that you know part of, you know, the expansion of your work to start to include the greenery and the floral aspect in it. So like, like I said, like for me as an artist, I love challenging myself. I love experimenting. So a company, a floral company called Floratorium, they contacted me wanting to collaborate with a mural and faux florals. And it was at this rooftop called Ampia rooftop in, in the city. And that was a time of peak season of, you know, rooftop season in New York. And a lot of the times people love like Instagrammable experiences. So I think that's what they really wanted wanted to do is just like draw people in and have a nice dinner experience while, you know, dining. Yeah. And like just garnered a lot of like love from that, from that mural. And that's what brought me here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's funny how that works, right? right? You know, you might stumble into sort of a nuance to your work and then it becomes the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have plans to do two more murals like the one you're doing here? I actually am. Yeah. yeah so the same company, they're doing a, a castle in upstate New York. So they're doing a floratorium castle experience and they wanted me to paint a barn and mix with their florals. So that's that's going to be up next. And, and you've talked a little bit about what you've done here, but maybe you could explain 
in a little more detail exactly yeah. who it is that's on the wall and 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 what the meaning behind it is. Yeah, so I'm part of the LGBTQIA plus community and I'm Asian American. So I love like including diversity, inclusion for for all communities. So I really wanted to paint someone who, you know, you couldn't really tell what race or what gender, I mean, not gender, but you know, you, as a female, but the race, right? So I had pieces of the face breaking out and I wanted to symbolize that as breaking free of insecurities. We all have insecurities. And then with the floral part, just, you know, it's a time of rebirth, regrowth, especially with gravities, you know, you're building something. Mm. And then I left a part of the vintage frame, which I love doing mirrors, vintage mirrors. So that was part of me on the wall. And then just my parents have always told me this quote, bloom where you're planted. So I carried that quote to this mural and my definition of bloom where you planted, I have it tattooed on me too, mm-hmm. is, you know, you find yourself um, often planted in, in situations like a job, place where you live. And to me, it's like, no matter where you are, no matter where you're planted to always flourish and be present in the, in the, in the current moment and be grateful. So that's, you know, you have to water yourself, take care of yourself, your mind, your body, your soul. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's always been, you know, my, my life motto. And how do you do that? How do you take care of yourself outside of work? You know, what is it that really nourishes you? Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes, you know, we artists, we have burnt burnout. I love retreating back to nature, like being grounded, going to like hikes. Yeah. So I just love retreating back, just, you know, stop momentarily and just breathe. So that's how I kind of find my inspiration and and relieve myself of that art burnout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or just travel. I'm a Sagittarius. so I love traveling. (laughs) Um, We talked a little bit about this last night, but you know, I know you also have a home studio. And and it might be the size of the walk-in closet in your Airbnb, but it is a studio nonetheless. Yeah. How do you decide, you know, how much time to spend in studio, how much time to spend on the wall? You know, do you kind of see how that, you know, is shifting for you at all? Or are you still mostly focused on doing murals? Yeah. So that has been shifted. I used to just do portraits, paintings, canvas work. But now like I've, thank God I've been blessed with like a lot of opportunities to do big gigantic walls and which I'm, you know, days at a time I'm, I'm out of the state, you know, have a project for like one to two weeks. So when I come back home, it's like, I just want to rest, <laughs> you know? So my studio is like my apartment, you know, it's pretty small. I share it with my girlfriend. Like I just have a little tiny corner to myself and the rest is all plants and that's hers. <laughs> yeah so i mean retreating back to the studio is always like home to me Mm. you know like my downtime i love just experimenting um with going thrifting antique shopping i love sustainability that's why i love just thrifting mirrors so every time i bring a mirror to the the apartment she's like are you gonna paint that like you know like you have a lot of mirrors here you haven't painted it i'm like i'll get to it you know (laughs) and i just really love this mirror (laughs) So talk a little bit about what you are experimenting with. I'm curious, you know, maybe what's not quite making it to the wall yet, but where your curiosity is with 
with your work? So I have not tried oil painting. So oil painting has this really cool ability to blend seamlessly. And I think now in my mural career, I've been doing that a lot with my portraits, like blending, like gradients, like smooth. I don't know if you saw my previous works, but I used to do a lot of more abstract expression with just different colors. So that from, you know, my early works in 2017 to now it's been from abstract expression to like kind of realism in a, in a way. So yeah, I've been experimenting with oils on mirror, which is really, really cool. Like just how it blends seamlessly. Yeah. It's kind of fun to find those happy accidents or the surprises when you see materials come together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much there to experiment with. Right. Also with spray paint, like I, I did this really cool um, spray paint on mirror to give it a soft glow. And then what do you call it? And then the oils on top. It's yeah. Come coming soon. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Where do you get inspiration? I don't know if just, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned this last night, being on stage with some people that, you know, you've looked up to, but, you know, do you, do you find inspiration in the muralist street art world? Is yeah. it coming from outside? You know, what, what is it that really informs your work and inspires you? Yeah. I mean, just being born and raised in New York city, it's, I've like culture is right at my, my doorstep. Mm -hmm. So I've been embracing a lot of creatives whether it's fashion, design, videographers, making like cool videos, art, artisans, you know, like being surrounded by creative people is what inspires me, not just one particular person. Let's just talk a little bit about, you know, what you would say to somebody else to inspire them, you know, an artist that not be, you know, at the stage that you are, people that are just getting started, maybe people that are wanting to be artists, but still playing sports or doing other things during the day, you know, would you say to them? I mean, we spoke about this last night for another favorite quote of mine is you never know what you're good at until you try. So just always be open to try, trying new things, taking that risk and, you know, being personal, like whoever you meet, like, you know, say hi to them, you know, be nice, be a kind person. So I feel like you never know who you're going to meet as well. Um, so yeah, I think that's my take and just keep sharing your work, even though, you know, social media is a great platform for that, just to, to create your portfolio. There's people who don't want to share their work because they're super vulnerable, but at the same time, you know, like, I think it's, it's pretty good just to put it out there, even if you get, um, you know, obviously you get critiques and stuff. And I think you just have to use that to be a better artist, mm -hmm. those critiques. Yes. I fall into the category of not wanting anybody to see it. Right. Yeah. It's easy to do, you know, but you're right. It is healthy and, and yeah. helpful to get some Constructive feedback criticism. too. Yeah. 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 Maybe you could just give us some impressions of Columbus. I know you were here, not too far from here, doing something else a couple of weeks ago, but you've spent a little time in Columbus, yeah. their gravity, you know, tell me, you know, what your thoughts are of Columbus. I don't know. It's pretty clean. I really like it. I can breathe. I, I don't have any allergies here. <laughs> it's great. Give it, give it a month. Maybe. Yeah. Uh -huh. Plus like my Airbnb has this huge walk-in closet. Like I just wanted to like bring that back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jets, Giants, Yankees, Mets, 
Nick Mets. Nats. Mets because I'm Queens. Queens forever. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Big round of applause for OG Millie. Thank you for listening to the Gravity Podcast. Please subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the entire Gravity Project, please go to gravityproject.com. Please check out the podcast on Instagram at the Gravity Podcast. Music heard of the show is provided courtesy of Kyle Lamoro and Oliver Oak.